1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to this special episode from the archives. This is
0: a golden oldie full of great evergreen advice for writers. It's a rerun, basically. Whilst we work on something very, very special.
1: Or very, very special indeed.
0: We were so young and naive, weren't we, Mark? Oh, we were, but our guests, our guests were brimming with wisdom. So enjoy! And we'll be back next week with a brand spanking new episode of the bestseller experiment.
1: Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the bestseller experiment, where we discover what makes a best-selling novel while trying to write, publish, and market one in just a year. I'm Mark Stay,
0: and I'm Mark Devoe, and welcome to yet another incredible episode in this daft and insane journey that myself and Mr. Stay are on in in writing this book. And before we dive in, though, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Scrivener, the official app of the bestseller experiment. If you have a computer, and you write, you need Scrivener. It's what we're using to, to write our novel, and it's been an absolute lifesaver. It will make your productivity go through the roof. Uh, so if you want to find out what all the fuss is about, go to literatureandlatte.com and download your free 30-day free trial.
1: If you have a computer. If they're listening to this, I'm pretty sure they'll have a computer.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the kind of idea. <laughs> if you have breath, if you are alive... You must try. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you know, it's been a it's been an incredible it's been an incredible month, really, hasn't it, Mark? I think we firstly just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's uh, sending us emails. We've had some novels as emails almost come through. It's,
1: it's been incredible. Really, really great. Something has definitely happened. There's been a, a kind of a gear shift. People are finding us. Although someone did start one of their emails saying, I was trawling through the depths of iTunes looking for some writing podcasts. So we've clearly got to do some work in our surfacing our, our podcast because they're scraping the barrel. It's like, what's this piece of... T- oh, right. It's the bestseller experiment. Um So at least people are finding us that way, I guess. Um, but it's great. We're getting lots of people are telling us that they've started writing again because of us, which is really inspiring and also slightly terrifying uh, <laughs> because it's like, you know, what are we foisting upon these poor people a life of penury and misery in their garret trying to write a novel? But it is great. No, it really, really is great. It's, it's terrific hearing this from people. You know, it puts tank in the gas, man. It absolutely does because we need it right now.
0: Oh my gosh! You know, we 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 thought this would be a bit of fun. When we started this, you
1: thought it would be a bit fun. Well, I've I been did. through this. Don't forget that, Devo. No, I no. warned you at the beginning. Don't <laughs> say you
0: weren't warned. <laughs> you did warn me, and I thought it would be fun. But what I didn't realise is trying to write a book whilst running a podcast that suddenly takes off. That is a challenge. <laughs> that is absolute challenge. But for people that are enjoying it, I mean, one of the things I love to hear, and I, I find this spectacular. There are people telling us on Twitter on our Twitter account, Bestseller XP, and on Facebook, that they are binge listening the podcast. <laughs> yes,
1: someone said they were they were nauseous, nauseous with us. Uh, nauseous
0: a- with inspiration was that her That was word. it, and yes. I, I love that. I think that's brilliant. I, and just, the th- I mean, I've heard of people binge watching, you know, Breaking Bad. And I, and I did that. I, I, I discovered it kind of late on and just could not stop listening. But somebody, I think, has listened to 22 hours of our podcast over a period of what? A week, couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, but they they tell me that they'll be out of the padded cell soon. And that can't be rehabilitated that, into normal society. That that can't be safe, surely. Really I mean, twenty two hours of us waffling on. Yeah, I mean, I, my kids walk out the room if I talk for twenty minutes. You know, well, exactly.
0: <laughs> I know. I don't. It's just like so. So please, people. You know, we we will put a public health warning at the beginning of future podcasts. That, <laughs> um, <laughs> binge watching may lead to brain damage, or binge listening, I should say. But no, we love it and and, and it really encourages us and the fact that we know that it's helping people is in some kind of twisted and weird way helping us to uh, get get on with this novel as well. Well, Today we're going to be listening back to an unpublished recording, something we recorded as a special um, a few months back with an author who have had on the show a few times and you may remember her name if you've listened to previous episodes, it's Shannon Mayer, but the reason why this one's coming when it is is because we are talking about the one thing really most writers just dread. Rewrites? And no, no, if only. Uh, if only it were that simple. Pain. No, uh, back pain, actually. That's the whole episode, isn't it?
1: Luke um, T, no? <laughs> <laughs> it's my greatest fear.
0: I'll tell you what, it's the M word. It's the marketing word. And in my experience talking with lots of authors it's the marketing and all of the stuff that happens once you've written that final part of your book that that just pushes fear into people's into into their hearts so we are actually going to tackle it head-on and you may hear some things in this episode that might concern you but (laughs) stick with us because we're going to be going through this process so you're you're not going to be left on your own we're going to be taking what we learned from shannon in this in this session and trying to apply some of it as we go to market our book over the next few months. So, Mark, without a matter of due, should we just give them a quick teaser? We have a competition lined up as well. We'll be giving away. um has very kindly sorry, given us.
1: Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You, you queued me up for something there that I was completely unprepared for. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, tell us about the weather in Denmark today. What? <laughs> 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 this is this is
0: what Mark and I love to. We, we, we play this game where we just—I don't know if you saw the Oscars recently—but it's, it's about keeping someone on their toes. <laughs> Matt Damon is all. La like la Lange!
1: No yeah. wait. La la <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, read what's on this envelope. It doesn't make any sense. So yes, we have we have a competition. Uh, Shannon has given us
1: oh yes
0: an audiobook of of one of her novels that she's published with Amazon, and that's with Amazon the publisher, not Amazon the website. And if you don't know what that means, then listen back to the previous Shannon episodes because it will all make sense. And she's also got a really cool book bag she's given us, which simply has the words on it. The book was better, which I love. So, Mark, without further ado, let's let's dive in and listen to Shannon and our conversation with her about the big M word.
1: And once more on to the bestseller experiment, we welcome the wonderful Shannon Mayer, who, as we've discovered in previous episodes, is a, a typing machine, a writing <laughs> machine. But that's only half the story, isn't it, Shannon? You spend a great chunk of your day writing, but then you got to do a bit of marketing as well. Can you tell us about that?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing, as we kind of t- talked about a little bit, is that this is a business and it needs to be treated as such, which means you have to understand the marketing side of things in order to make it um, work. So... One of the things I learned very early on, uh, when I was studying the industry, was that the recommendation by the traditional world and agents in general was that you should be building your platform two years before your book ever hits the shelves.
0: That's us screwed, okay?
1: Two years. Two
2: years, and I and I took that to heart at the time because I didn't have any books out, and I had a little. I made a little Facebook fan page, and I started a blog, and you know I did what I could do at the time. I had Twitter, all these little accounts, um, but it taught me something right there was that the I saw that um, advice repeated over and over again, and so it stuck with me that this marketing side of it is important. Um, and because I've had my own business in the past, uh, Shoeing Horses, which is very different, but it's still client-based, I understood, okay, I've got to find ways to reach new clients in the case of my my writing. And so I started to pay attention to the industry. I started to read articles. I started to pay attention to other authors who were um, doing very well and where I could network with them, ask them questions. And that was where I started to understand the marketing side of things.
0: So how do you tend to split your time within the business aspect of it? Obviously you spend a lot of time writing each day. What pro- percentage would you say to split between writing and marketing? Pro-
2: probably close to 50, 50, you know, cause some days I might spend all day writing, but then the next day I may spend the whole day. Um, marketing It's basically what has to be done with the marketing has to be done usually within a very short period of time whereas the writing I can kind of move around you know I might write from 11 o'clock at night till two or three in the morning depending on on scheduling so
1: so you're a night writer
2: it depends it depends on how the little guy I have a two-year-old so it depends on how he's sleeping sometimes I'm I get up early you know four thirty five o'clock and, and I'll write during that time period so I'm I'm all over the map basically whenever I have time that's when I write
1: do you live on another planet where there are more hours in the day?
2: No, I do
1: not. <laughs> Good question. Um, oh, okay, no. that's, that's my theory blown out the water. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that's, but you must have incredible time management. There.
2: So one of the things I've learned as the business owner of an, basically my own small publishing house is that I can't do it all by myself. So the trick is to hire people and work with people who can do things better than you. So I have a phenomenal assistant who she runs now most of my marketing and PR. She runs my newsletter. She's kind of my right-hand gal, and probably without her, I might die. <laughs> I also have childcare lined up for my little guy. My husband has his own kind of small business that he runs, and so I can call on him. But the the trick really is to hire people who can do like I can do all the marketing and PR. I I know how to do all of it, but I'm not quick at it. And I know that there are other people who can do it better. Because the reality is, is that what I'm good at is writing.
1: Mm-hmm. And the more you must 20- have had to do that when you were starting out. Absolutely,
2: you must have had to absolutely. The time to it. Absolutely, and that's what I mean. I I can do it all. Like if if my assistant left me, I could pull up my boots and I could do all of the stuff that I used to do. It just would eat up a huge. Amount of my time because of the way my business has grown. There's a lot more into it now. But in terms of starting off with marketing, you know, starting off with a Facebook fan page, I find that for me, a lot of my readers hang out on Facebook. Um, used to be Twitter was a really big thing. I've found that there's been a marked drop off in terms of um, connections made there. Now it's just you'll see tweets about. You know, buy my book, my book's on sale, free book. Well, that's not marketing, that's just advertising. It's it's two different things. Pinterest is another one that's growing. Having your own newsletter list. And there's multiple ways to grow that newsletter list. Um, Understanding and learning how to run Facebook ads. If you're really clever and know how to do Google ads, (laughs) for some authors, that's a, a great venue to be bringing in the marketing. And then recognizing that part of your marketing is Being engaged in social media with your readers, readers talk, readers become part of your marketing machine, if you will, because they will say, "Oh, you know, I had this, you know, five-minute conversation in private messages with Shannon, and she, you know, gave me some insight into a part of the book that I didn't understand." And well, and then they tell their friend, they say, "Wow, that's kind of odd for an author to actually interact personally." And um, they really like it. I mean, that's the ch- one of the big changes in the industry.
0: That's really, really interesting. And um, I remember once emailing Tom Clancy a question and five minutes later got an email back from him. I was thinking, this must be an imposter, but it was him. So the fact that you're actually, it, it's almost like there's no wall between the author and the fan base. And that's partly where it sounds like you build your loyal fan base and you you make, you're real. You're a real person and you're available uh, to accessible. accessible' Accessible. Yeah, yeah, not available. That's probably mm-hmm. the wrong word.
2: <laughs> Again, the husband. He, he's not <laughs> going to like that. Um, but, but to yeah. get
0: a response, I think that's half the kind of shock, isn't it, from a reader to actually say, wow, I actually had a conversation with my favourite author. Right. Um, how, but how do you deal with that when you get into the kind of millions of book sales that you're at now? Because obviously there comes a point where your fan base gets so big, you could spend all day just chatting with them.
2: Right. So for me, a huge number of my readers are on Facebook. And so they go to my fan page and they leave comments and I, and I do try to answer all of them, if not most all of them. And, uh, you know, there's a, it's a funny thing. Every genre of book kind of has a different type of reader, if you will. Um, so I found like, uh, if you are a heavy romance reader, you're much more interested in, in that everyday interaction with your romance author that you like. And they have, again, a much larger number of potential readers in that fan base. And because I'm in a niche market I have great loyal fans, but they're not necessarily looking to interact with me every day on a daily basis. Mm. I do have some that I have um, developed friendships with and, and I really enjoy speaking with them and they message once in a while, but not to the degree that other authors will see. Um, so you kind of have to decide for yourself as an author at what point you can no longer answer messages and emails because there does come that point for um, for for authors as they grow. There's just, it, there's just not the time in the day anymore.
0: What would you say is be the number one biggest difference in terms of marketing of all the different things you've talked about? What's made the biggest difference for you, do you think?
2: I think... For me, uh, growing my newsletter list is really important because as you and I have discussed, Mark, um, that's the one thing that no matter what changes in the industry, that's yours, meaning those are your readers, those are your fans. And let's say Amazon changes their algorithms and how they're going to sell books, and you can no longer reach the readers that you were able to reach yesterday on Amazon, but you still have your newsletter list. So it's, it's a great safety net. And I think it's a really great way to keep in contact with your readers and for them to be able to see what's going on. Because I find that a lot of readers don't recognize when always a new book is coming out. You know, I have some great authors that I absolutely love and quite often I only check in with them every six months. Oh my goodness, they've got three new books out and I go and grab them. But um, if I was on their newsletter list, I'd be more up to date on those sorts of things. Mm.
0: We talked about at the writing retreat about um, not building on rented land. This mm-hmm. idea that when you build a Facebook... Well, my story is I build 190,000 fans on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> mm, time well, time, spent, well, spent. My, time yeah. well spent. Time well spent. Time well spent. And then, you know, MySpace just like... Everyone just left. It was just like... It was a massive party. And then, oh, Facebook's having a party down the road. Oh, these guys have run out of beer. <laughs> and <then> everyone went. <laughs> so... This idea of don't build on rented land is huge, and and you mentioned about building the mailing list, and I think it's really important, Mark, at this point, that we remind our uh, listeners that they can download their free ebook. <laughs> That's very true. experiment for us, but no, I mean, on all seriousness, um, h- how do you keep engaged? Do you do you give away things on your ebook, uh, like free mm. books on your mailing list? How does it work?
2: For me, uh, my newsletter list has been built a, a few different ways. One is just kind of organic. I, and there's always links in the back of my my ebooks. People can click on, they can sign up right away. And in some cases, there's exclusive content offered. If they sign up at the end of, of certain books, uh, in other cases I've given away free eBooks um, to help just give them an option to to meet me as an author, right? See if they like what I've I'm putting out there for reading, and then I always have, of course, on my website um, the option for them to sign up again organically. So I kind of have those, you know, the organic signups where people would naturally put their mailing or their email down, and then the ones where I'm encouraging them to
0: via a bribe. Mm. So if you want to be bribed by Shannon, get over to her website, ShannonMayer.com and sign up.
1: A lot of this sounds very technical. Mm -hmm. And I think there's probably a lot of authors out there thinking, oh my goodness, this is, you know, I'm having not just setting up websites, but I'm running mailing lists and Facebook advertising. It sounds might sound a bit baffling and difficult and complicated. Right. Is there any advice that you can give them or is it just a case of get over it and learn how to do it?
2: Um, I think, you know, for me it was, it's the foundation of your business. So you take the time, you, you figure out how to do it. Like I say, I would die without my assistant. Um, she's fantastic. And I keep saying that because I want her to hear this and stay with me forever. <laughs> um, but I learned all of those steps in the beginning I learned how to build a blog, which you can do through various different sites quite easily nowadays. I learned how to use Twitter. I learned how to run a Facebook fan page. And while she does those things for me now, it's important to know that from a business standpoint, one, because you want to be able to correct them if you have help, but also because you know, nothing is forever. But again, going back to the start of it, you know, pick one thing, say, okay, I'm going to learn how to do a Facebook fan page. And you're going to start building that that's going to be what you learn for the next few weeks. And then pull up a blog and start learning how to run a blog and writing articles and, and building a fan base there. And then learn, you know, you don't have to do it all at once. I didn't. I mean, again, it looks like I've done it all at once because I've only been writing full time for three years. But prior to that, I was learning the industry. I was learning how to run Twitter. I was learning how to write blogs that were more interactive. I was learning how to network with other authors in order to help each other build fan bases. So it's a process. It's not something you're going to learn overnight and it's not something you're going to, you know, 24 hours, you learn how to do all these things. And it's a long race, not a really short, Mm -hmm. you know, jump off a.
1: No. And I think, as you said in the, previous episode you've been doing this for about 12 years now Mm
2: -hmm. yes
0: yes I think the thing that I take away from that is that with your build it it might not be the funnest thing to have Everyone probably would much prefer to be writing than doing courses on how to build a fan base but did you find though that once you started to see it work you got kind of like this feedback loop where you're thinking, it's working, I'm actually, somebody signed up to my, ma- right. I mean, could you remember the first day someone signed up to your email newsletter?
2: Uh, was it, it was probably parents, my sister. Or- <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's definitely, I enjoy, I really enjoy the marketing now. I enjoy the brainstorming of coming up with new ideas to reach new readers. I enjoy looking at where I was to where I am now in that growth period and how can we continue to grow because such a huge part of this business is business. And mm. and I've always enjoyed kind of stretching that side of me to see what else I could accomplish. You know, I always set goals that to other people may sound ridiculous, but if you set those high goals, you have a chance of hitting them. And if you miss them, you probably won't miss them by much. And you certainly aren't going to hurt yourself by making those, those steady growing goals. Um, so for the marketing and stuff, I just, like I say, it, it just do a little bit, every you know whenever you can you learn it and and it'll get easier and you'll start to enjoy it
0: so it's almost like a word daily word count in some ways but just the marketing, just side, the marketing of things, side of things interesting right? so from a traditional point of view mark obviously you're you've come from the traditional publishing industry and and i mean i don't know how foreign all of this is to you from an indie author's best-selling point but well it's,
1: it's fascinating because we've uh, and we've mentioned him on the show before as an author called harry bingham that we published, really good crime author. He's got a series of novels featuring the same character. And he, I think in the States, he, he got out of contract or something. So he essentially was self-publishing in the States. So he did what Shannon's doing. He set up a website, he set up a mailing list. He gave away a free story. So he came to us and was saying to us, look, this is how I've done this. And, you know, the strategy he was using worked. He had his best ebook sales ever this year. And it's something we're looking to use with with other authors. But it, it requires a lot of input from him. It requires a lot of work from him. And I think if you're going to be an author in the 21st century and you want to earn money, you want to earn a living from it, then it's something you're going to have to embrace.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. A lot of authors who go to traditional publishers have the illusion that they just show up deliver their book and then they just get told which which book tour to go on mm-hmm. and which interviews to do. Whereas I think even in the traditional sense, is it correct, Mark, that the reality is that authors have to have a marketing, a degree of marketing skill to actually be a bestseller.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean it is difficult. Like I say, that these are creative people, they're great writers, but being a business person and a marketeer at the same time is is difficult. And if you don't have that skill set it's going to be very difficult for you, but I think as Shannon's shown that if you apply yourself, if you, if you apply a chunk of your day, it's like any job. You know, you have the fun bit of a job, but you have the admin bit of your job, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, I think if if you're able to compartmentalize and 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 focus on that, then you, the chances of you being successful increase greatly. Uh, you know, so it's it is tough. It is tough, but uh, I think as Shannon's shown it can be done.
0: So Shannon, how how much? I mean, would you be bold enough to say, you can write the best book in the world, but if you don't engage in this marketing world, you're never gonna have a bestseller?
2: In the indie world, I agree. I I actually know several authors who are far above me in talent. I've read their books, they're phenomenal. Very well written, well put together, well edited, great cover art, um, marketed terribly. And they, they cannot find a bestseller list for the life of them. And you can only help people so, so much. In one case, they refuse to work on weekends. And and I think that's great, but the reality is I work seven days a week. I, I don't take days off. It's actually very difficult for me now to take days off. I get a little bit squirrely. But this is not a normal job. You're not going to get Monday to Friday, nine to five. You're going to get 24-7 52 weeks out of the year you're going to work on Christmas you know holidays come up and everybody says oh why is it so busy it's monday and i'm thinking yeah why is it so busy oh it's a holiday you know <laughs> i don't recognize those things anymore so there's a lot of authors out there with a lot of talent and a lot of great stories and they're just sitting in mediocrity in terms of sales because they can't find their footing in the marketing side of things
0: i think it's really important though to to be absolutely upfront and honest about this and i love i love that you say that shannon that It isn't about, you know, a nine to five Monday to Friday. If you want to be a bestseller, uh, you have to commit Mm -hmm. to yourself that you're going to give it your best shot and not be a part-timer in some ways.
2: And I can also say that, you know, I have a couple of really great um, Facebook groups with a number of other very successful indie and hybrid authors. And what I enjoy most about those groups is seeing that I'm not the only weirdo <laughs> working that hard. I mean, these authors will put pictures up. They're on vacation, you know, they're on the beach in Mexico or Hawaii, and they've got their laptop on their lap while their kids are playing in the surf. You know, they're... You know, sitting in a Starbucks in, you know, a city they've gone to do, you know, visit family and they've gotten away from family and gone to Starbucks to work or another coffee shop. There's just no stop in it. For those who want the success and who want to break out, they find a way.
1: If you're in a relationship, it helps to have a very understanding other half. My Absolutely. My wife is great because, you know, we will be on holiday and I will say, Do you mind if I, you know, get the laptop out for an hour or so of, uh, or, or I'm jotting something down. And she she's come to learn that there's a certain expression on my face where I'm staring off into middle space <laughs> and she knows that I'm thinking through some idea or some plot point or some character thing or something and then I'll I'll scribble it down. And yeah. it, it helps that she ta- – I mean, she's a writer herself. She's written children's books. So she understands where I'm coming from with that. But uh, I can think if you're in a relationship where it's like we're on vacation, put the laptop away. That's right. That could make life –
2: well Tricky and definitely that's a little easier to do once you've you've found that success because suddenly your spouse realizes that you know this vacation is being paid for by the, the <laughs> author who's now sitting with a laptop on their lap it's a good right? one to
0: throw back isn't it <laughs> yeah you see that pina colada there
2: yes <laughs> i pay for it with page four. three exactly
0: <laughs> oh, i love it that's brilliant Oh, my goodness me. Well, we're coming again to the end of the session. I could just talk forever with uh, Shannon and, and Mark, but uh, we need to draw it to a close. So, Shannon, is she there any... Could
1: have, she could have written a whole book in the time she spent. I, I, I you know, know. I'm really sorry. Oh, it's it's really- okay. we're- I was Obviously, just going to invoice us at the end of this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we feel very privileged to, to have this time with you. And before we finish up, just remind everyone where they can get in contact with you, social media, and tell us about your next plan for your next book.
2: Uh, so you can find me always com And that's probably the best place to start. Just
0: spell Mayer. It's M-
2: M-A-Y-E-R. Yeah. Uh, there's all my social media links there. There's a page for my books. There's a few pages for extra stuff. And there's a free book there if you want to sign up for my newsletter.
0: You see what she did there, Mark? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> awesome. Pride. See, we need to learn. She's a
2: true. Uh, so, yeah. So and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think of the, the um, different podcasts we've done here with the two Marks love to hear the feedback you know because they won't hear it i won't tell them what you really think
0: yeah exactly you <laughs> <laughs> can keep that to yourself
2: but as for upcoming um i mean i've got new stuff coming up all the time the problem i think as as you guys will understand is that the ideas never stop uh it's just trying to keep up with them but uh my venom and vanilla book is november 1st and that's the venom that's, trilogy. A, that's
1: a great that's a great title thank you
2: I thought so too. I came up with it yeah. all by myself. <laughs> um, no, that, that trilogy is starting to be released November 1st. And then, uh, and then if you're looking for me in bookstores, you can find the Riley Adamson series. The first book priceless will be in bookstores November 1st as well. I'm very excited for that. So um, can't wait to see it up there and maybe sneak in and sign a few copies when nobody's looking.
0: Awesome. That is cool. And I'm going to just ask one thing of Shannon, cause I'm very cheeky. Um, <sighs> And that is that I'm so inspired by your story about writing the plot, getting it checked over before we start. Mm -hmm. Would you mind if when Mark and I finally come up with an idea that we can agree on? That we send you the plot and you can give us your is it the blue pen or the red pen? I'm it's never sure. The red, the red pen. Yeah. would that would that be, would if, that be
2: if you two think you can hold up to my red pen, I will read what you send me. Bring
1: it on. what you say, Mark? Bring it. Yeah, uh, bring it. Bring it. Listen, bring I've it. I've had script notes from producers. Uh, there's nothing you can do that can harm me. Awesome. <laughs> I'll just Love be it. I'll
0: just be crying in the corner with my box of cleanups, so
1: <laughs> wounded
0: animal. Oh, as long as you just pick every other chapter, right? All right. The one that the I do right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Shannon, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on. Thank you so much for oh, your thank time. Thank you. Thank Will you for
1: you- inviting me. Thanks, Shannon.
0: And we just want to wish you all the best in this incredible career you're having. What an inspiration you are to everyone out there. Thank and um, maybe we'll check in with you at some
1: point during the rest of the year.
2: Sounds good, guys. Thank you so much and good luck.
1: Thanks, Shannon. Thanks, Shannon. Bye. Well, that was an early episode, wasn't it? We sound so young, so young, and so so naive. We had what, scraped what ha- what knees ha- what happened and to those, those two to young, two young guys back then, eh? And turned us into these shattered individuals you <laughs> see before you, <laughs>
0: Fur- furrowed, furrowed uh, in our brows. It's just like we've plow- we've been ploughing our brows the last couple of months with this with this novel. It is, it's kind of funny actually, having a little time capsule and listening back to it, isn't it? Because um, we were talking about when we come up with our idea, I'm glad to announce, just in case people are concerned, if this is your first episode, we are actually writing the book. And we do have an idea. We've been working on it for several months. But it's kind of fun actually listening back, isn't it? But what did you pick up, Mark? What was what were some of the things that really jumped out for you? Because this marketing malarkey, there's a lot to it, isn't
1: there? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, the things I've learned so far on this series about mailing lists and building a platform and marketing... I will talk to other authors about this, and a lot of them will kind of lean forward, tell me more. I'm really interested. Some go deer in the headlights, you know, and it's it's not necessarily for everyone, you know. I mean, again, Shannon has such a terrifically professional approach to everything. She doesn't just say, "Well, I I don't do that." She'll she'll roll her sleeves up and and find out. How to do things you know she 'll go on courses she 'll look things up, and it 's inspiring to hear someone who who does that and takes something that might be unfamiliar, like you know Google adwords and tries to master it and you know w- you 'll make mistakes on the way, but I think that 's how you learn you learn by your mistakes mm. it 's interesting hearing her say that you have to start building your platform two years prior to publication yeah, now that's, yeah. that's 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 a that 's a shocker, you know I think it 's um I guess if you're already in a bookselling community online, you know, you, you can kind of call that as, as building your platform, I guess, you know, if you're already belonging to Facebook groups or what have you. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a long, slow road. Like she said, it, it's a long race, you know, it's not a sprint.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think what's really important about what she said is that this idea of two years before that might hit people like a wet kipper in the face But I think the reason why it's important is what usually happens is we get excited about writing a book. We write the book and then we put the book out there and it's tumbleweeds. And then people get really discouraged and they then make all of those wonderful self-sabotage assumptions of, well, the book's rubbish and no one's reading it. Um, but it's, I think this idea of starting two years or in our case, I mean, we've started a year before, so we've got a bit of catch up to do, I guess, but, uh, the, the, the idea of actually having an audience waiting for your book makes your chances of succeeding so much higher because, like we found with the podcast, we got so encouraged when people started sending us questions of the week and, and start sending us emails telling them how it's changing their life in some cases, which is incredible, but it gives us the fuel in the tank. And so as an author, there could be nothing worse, I think, than sticking your book on Amazon with all this massive pent up excitement of all the effort, blood, sweat, and tears of the last maybe one, two, 10 years of writing your book and for nothing to happen. So I think it's essential to keep you going that you've got at least some kind of platform to promote your book to. And then it's that platform. And I coach this all the time in whether it's musicians or writers, if you've got a core, what we call raving fans, so a group of, you know, even just 50 or hundred or 200 raving fans, they become the nucleus that then, grows the interest for your book rather than you having to do absolutely everything from day one and and the other challenge is that once your book's up there it starts to age a bit in your own mind if it's been up there for two months a lot of people just think oh well i've missed the boat but in one instance, we've had, was it Mike, who's, who was encouraged by one of our podcasts, who put his old novel up, which he never, yes. and now he's selling copies. And he's so fired up and excited about the fact that he's actually selling copies of a book that was just literally dusting on his hard drive until we said to him, well, we, we encourage people to try it. So there's a lot of play here psychologically for writers. and. Yeah,
1: I- the thing is, no writer really starts from scratch with nothing, really. You know, you most writers have dabbled or written short stories or whatever over the years. So I would say, you know, WordPress is free. Start with that MailChimp is free. Learn how to use that. It's all fairly straightforward stuff. And maybe put a short story out there. Give it away for free. Put it out there as an EPUB. You know, Scrivener does that for you. Push a button you've got an EPUB file that you can put out there. Anyone can read it on a smartphone and say, hey, I'm writing a novel, but in the meantime, here's a short story. Tell me what you think. What do I get right? What do I get wrong? You'll get terrific feedback from people other writers out there i mean you get the odd snarky sod but you know most people are really generous with their criticism they say i really like this this appealed to me wasn't so sure about this so while you're writing your novel you'll also be getting tips from your peers and you know it's a reciprocal world out there you end up doing stuff for them as well but that is all part of building a community now i know a lot of authors you know socially we can be very very awkward and how i can be sometimes you know and it's 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 difficult putting yourself out there but again it we've spoken about this again and again and again i i think if you want to do this self-publishing thing you do have to pimp yourself a bit Mm. and i know that's hard
0: (laughs) it's um you know what's quite good about and here's just a tip for people listening what's nice about the setup that mark and i have is that we're writing book together so in some ways it doesn't feel quite as um we're not kind of pimping ourselves as an in individually we're talking about ourselves as a group and it's the same in music you know i wrote music with another person with ian and we talked about urban myth club the band and it's easier to talk in third party i mean it's harder with authors because you're always talking about the name but it's it's one of those things where it's not about selling yourself it's about be being passionate about what you're writing and I think Shannon also said, this is, I mean, going back to what you said earlier, Mark, she used those really important words. She treats it as a business. And there's a threshold, I think, that every author has to cross, which is the moment where they go from being thinking of themselves as just a recreational writer to a published author. And if you're going out into the published, in, publishing world, I mean, surely you want to try to get as many people to enjoy a book as possible. And that doesn't come without the hard work that we heard Shannon having
1: to do. Yeah, it's you, you can't you can't set your stall, set up your lemonade stall, and just expect people to, you know, walk past and buy it just because you look cute. You know, you've got to, you got to, you know, be a be a a, a, a street barker. You know, you need to call people over and, and yes. And sell the sizzle. You know, you're yeah. not selling yourself. But if I think we mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, you know, you have probably worked two years on your book. You've put your heart and soul into it. You've gone through edits and rewrites. You've maybe hired an editor. Uh, you've, you've, you've really worked hard on this. And you do yourself a disservice if you don't say, Look, I'm really proud of this. Tell me what you think. Mm. Uh, it's some. Um, I mean, Shannon has another solution, which is she hires people to do the marketing and PR as well. Now, obviously, that's not an option for a beginner. But if you're an author out there who has a level of success, um, you know, think about think about talking or at least using virtual assistants. You know, there are mm-hmm. people out there. Well, who, I,
0: have, I have many.
1: Yeah. One's uh, Mark Uh, uh
0: He's yeah, in the Philippines. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually on that, it's a serious point, though, because... Again, Mark and I are doing this together, and so it's two people. So between the two of us, we're half writing the book and we're half assisting each other, really, because we're splitting up the workload. And that's why, in some ways, we're able to make this work. And I mean, it's interesting, though, isn't it? You go back to what Joe Hill told us a few episodes ago, and he said about how your book has to be has to stand out because people could watch a Netflix movie, they could read many other books they could do many other things apart from read your book and the same applies in marketing you know why should somebody pick up your book when they've got so yeah they've got it you've got to give them a reason so that's the bit that we're going to be trying to work out i guess as we really kind of move now into this marketing phase of our book
1: yeah and 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 pity is not a reason you know making puppy eyes and saying read my book is is not is not good you'll get some people (laughs) reading it um but not you know Think about what makes you want to read a book, what excites you. Think about your blurb, think about your hook, what makes your book unique uh, and and what experience you're going to give people uh, when they they read your book. And then, you know, Shannon was saying, engage with your readers. Find out where they are. Could they be on Twitter or Facebook or or, or on Instagram? Make yourself open and available to them because as we've discovered – there are so many writers out there oh. who want to talk about their writing, who want to learn, who want to share ideas. Darren at Kindle, you know, he said this, he's talking about how generous the community a few episodes ago. He was talking about how how generous the independent author community is. And it really is. We are definitely finding that. It's um, it's quite amazing to me. Quite amazing to yeah. me. The one, thing, the one thing that does drive me nuts, though, and I'd like to hear from people about why they do this, okay? Whenever we follow... An author on Twitter. So many of them, we get an automated direct message saying, "Thank you for following me. Uh, here's my book. Please buy my book."
0: Yeah, has, I think has I, anyone I, I, bought
1: I, a book off the back of that? Does that know. ever work? It's a good question. It dr- personally, drives me nuts. Yeah, it doesn't I, I, endear me to people. At I more. know
0: why they. I know I know why they do that because there are. Uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've kind of done a lot of internet marketing in my kind of. I've run internet companies for a number of years. And there was a time back in when Twitter started to get really get going. That these there were lots of tools like Hootsuite and these kind of automation tools where you mm. can put in those messages. And I don't think those kind of automated messages are bad, but I do think. And is I've learned
1: outdated, this. Is that outdated software now? Really? No, that,
0: not it? so much that. It's actually this idea that you never try to sell your book as your first communication with someone. Like imagine you're in a pub. This is a really good, a really good tip. Actually, I picked up um, when we think about communicating online with people, we have to still remember that as human beings, like the reader is a human being. And if you were to bump into that person in a pub for the first time, you wouldn't walk up to them and say, "Hi, nice to meet you." You can get my book at Amazon for nineteen ninety right? <laughs> one. So, so, it actually comes down to common sense. About well, how you have to start a dialogue. You know, you might you might start a dialogue asking them what they're interested in, maybe particularly. Mm-hmm. And then it might come around to the conversation that you're an author. And then they might ask the question, well, where can I buy your book? So it's actually, I don't think the idea of communicating with people instantly is a bad thing. I think it's how you communicate, which is obviously goes back to the skill of marketing. But what's changing is the online world is more about building relationships. Whereas yeah. before the internet it was all about selling stuff and people, uh, it's a great, great quote. People I don't like to be sold to but they love to buy <laughs> just gonna let that sink in
1: if you've been watching Glenn Gary, Glenn ross again <laughs> but it's so
0: true though isn't it like we do we love to buy stuff it's just that when someone comes up to me in a shoe store and i've literally just walked through the door and says sir can i help you maybe you'd like i'm like no i mean i live in north america right so there's a lot more of that yeah yeah they're very kind of like you know, literally you walk into a store and someone's on you. (laughs) It's like, Mm, I just want to be anonymous for five seconds. I just want to look around and just see if, you know, I actually want to stay in this store or not. So we have to learn as authors. These are some of the basic skills I think Shannon's alluding to. We have to learn what these skills are as authors so that we, you know, we're thinking, yeah, we want to sell our book, but we can't be thinking that when we're writing messages to people. So Mm. It's an interesting one, and definitely, yeah, let's 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 see if we can get the conversation going on the Facebook page.
1: yeah, Just, I'd, I'd be interested to know how effective they are because I've never been inspired to buy. Through one, you know, it's just, it, it feels impersonal. And like you say, it feels like someone thrusting a pamphlet in your face. Whereas I think, you know, from talking to some of the people online via natural conversations with them, I find out they're interesting, engaging people. Therefore, their writing is probably going to be interesting and engaging as well. And that's, that's a longer slog, oh, it, you know, it's, it's, but in the long run, it's like you said, these people become evangelists for your story and they say, I know this guy online, and he's great, and or she's written this terrific book, and she's really funny on Twitter. They're much more likely to, you know, when you have a book to sell, they're, they're much more likely to retweet you and say, this guy's terrific, you know, check it out. So mm. uh, it's, it's like Shannon said, it can take years, it can take a couple yeah. of years to, to nurture these relationships. And, yeah. and again, it's reciprocal as well. You need to do this for other people too, I think.
0: Absolutely, and I think you know we we talked about Shannon taking on an assistant, but we have to remember that Shannon originally, when she started out, she she couldn't take an assistant on. I mean, there was no, no no money in the pot to do that. So the thing that I picked up is that in some ways, going through the learning of you know the different things that work and the different things that don't work, that's just as valuable a lesson is actually part of the craft. When we talk about the craft of writing. It's part of the craft of marketing as an author. And I think it's very important. I set up an online business back in the 90s, actually. And I, I was it was very similar to Shannon's story in the sense that I had to do everything. I was even hand coding HTML pages um, for customers, um, which is like creating a web page with code. And it, I used to get home from work and then I would be moonlighting on this business I'd set up that got published in the Telegraph and it went huge. And... I, I was up till two, three in the morning then going back to work and sometimes almost falling asleep at my desk. Mm. It came a point where I had to quit my day job because it wasn't fair to the employee because I wasn't being able to show up with my full kind of energy for the, for the day job. And that was the beginning of the journey as for my entrepreneurial kind of internet stuff. But what was crucial was I learned how to do everything first. And when I reached a point where I could afford to take on a full time assistant, I was able to train her up. I was able Mm. to kind of hand everything over. I could help her and I wasn't leaving it all in her bag, so to speak, to have to kind of work everything out. So there is a value and there's also a light at the end of the tunnel for authors who think, but I don't want to do any of this. There's a light at the end of the tunnel that when you become that successful author and you can afford to take on even a part-time assistant, you'll be able to hand all that over, but you'll still have the knowledge. And between the two of you, you'll be a crack cracking team.
1: There is a danger that you can go. Oh, i well, will let you take care of that internet stuff, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, and then you'll find you you won't even know if they're doing a good job or not. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's it is it is true. I mean, i you know I've been getting my fingernails dirty with this, looking at YouTube ads and Google ads and Amazon advertising and Facebook advertising, and it is. It, you, you're right you get it wrong a lot you know you you do something why didn't why didn't that oh i see that didn't work because of that blah 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 yeah. um funny enough i was talking to uh, an author last night i think i mentioned before michael j miller who's an independent author and he he and a friend have been dabbling in this for years and they were telling me you know that it's an awful lot of trial and error an awful lot of trial and error but when you find something that works it's like winning the lottery you know it's um it's Absolutely. really uh, really exciting yeah. stuff no it's good um i I also wanted to allude to
0: something I said during the interview, which was uh, when I emailed Tom Clancy.
1: Yeah, I've got here Tom Clancy, Mm -hmm. three question marks. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: realized I didn't really kind of explain. This was me when I was 19 and I was at university. And I decided one day that I was, I've always wanted to write nonfiction books around personal development. I mean, that's been something I've always been fascinated I've probably read over 2,000 books on bits of them, anyway, um, since I was like in my teens. And I wanted to write to, successful people like Richard Branson was one, Tom Clancy was another. And I wanted to ask them some questions about what they thought it took to be successful. I emailed Tom Clancy and I asked him, I said, what was the one thing that made you want to write? And he said, I wanted to see my name on a book. (laughs) That was it. And that was a one line answer that he responded to me, but it was so incredible just because I think that's something that so many people, that's a big thing, isn't it? It's this idea of walking into a bookshop
1: and just, Clancy in his heyday, no one had a bigger name on the book than Clancy. It was always the biggest, much bigger than the title, always embossed and in gold, you know, so he certainly got his dream there. I went through a big Clancy phase, actually. Did you? Uh, after Hunt for Red October and Patriot Games, yeah, big, big Clancy phase. I kind of, you know, it's, it's like sometimes you you latch onto an author and then after a while you, you start getting a bit, you know, either grow out of it or move mm. away from it. But I, I used to... Uh, read a lot of his Patriot Games is hilarious because in in the film it's like an, a a made up royal member of the royal family. In the book it's actually Prince Charles, and you've got <laughs> you've got Jack Ryan calling Prince Charles Chuck. It's oh, I just want to cringe. But <laughs> <laughs> when he does the military stuff, he's great. Uh, there's um, Cardinal of the Kremlin is the best one I think for my money because it's set it's a, actually a Cold War story, and it's it does there's a whole thing about using um, sensory deprivation as torture it's Mm. incredibly written it's really i know all about that yeah what working on this podcast
0: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) but you know what's what's interesting though is what
1: uh,
0: you know shannon was talking about how you know she's she's accessible to her fan base and i was so surprised when tom (laughs) my mate tom um (laughs) god rest his soul but uh, you know when he when he he emailed back within five minutes. And it, and this was in his heyday. This wasn't him as like, you know, two lowly podcast authors that are jumping up and down when they get an email in their inbox. This was...
1: Like he was you, he was way ahead of the curb when use with using technology. Oh, he was. He? Was he on Usenet and stuff like that? Exactly, he was, and that's yeah, why. Was, yeah, yeah he had Like it was AOL there's him and uh, Diana Gabaldon was another one who does who was a very very early user of the internet yeah. for, for for talking to fans. You know, yeah. so yeah, they they knew how to do it. They instinctively knew there was there was something uh, rewarding in engaging with fans and and talking to mm. them. So and it's just so much easier today. Absolutely. So you know,
0: it's so much easier, but here's the big thing. Here's the big thing. And Shannon was kind of alluding to this. It's overwhelming. I think there's so many different places and social media platforms and techniques and even bookseller sites. Now, I mean, it's not just Amazon. There's, you know, there's all the other, you know, we talk about Amazon because they're the biggies, but you know, which ones do you choose to go on? So I think there's this thing about overwhelm and My personal advice for that is pick your weapons, right? Don't try and do everything. Don't go on every single social media platform from day one. Um, Find what works best for you. And Shannon interestingly said that she found that Facebook was great for her readers and yet Twitter didn't really happen. But for us, it's almost the reverse in some ways in, in a way.
1: Yeah, we've got a lot of fol- followers on Twitter and really engaging I mean, Facebook followers.
0: Facebook is, is good as well, but it is. I, just seems I, to be more...
1: I think because we're not spending any money on advertising, we're getting strangled yes. a bit by Facebook. And I think that's a reality. If you set up an author page, if you're a personal user of Facebook, it's not not quite the same, but if you set up an author page or a business or page, any, yeah, that, that puts you on a very different track to regular Facebook.
0: Do you know the statistics? Apparently... Currently, based on the current algorithm, if you put a post out to say a thousand people on your page, only four percent will actually see it, and that's this this what they call throttling to to force people into using Facebook ads, which is why Facebook are being very successful in terms of profit, and Mark Zuckerberg is obviously doing very well out of it. But it's it's actually becoming very (laughs) frustrating. (laughs) No, no, but I think actually what I'm seeing though is I'm seeing a turning of the tide of people getting very frustrated with the fact that it's really just paid advertising your your Facebook page now is just paid advertising um, if you want to get any kind of traction on facebook you've got to pay for it and they are they're a business i mean they're not a charity yeah. but i mean i, think I, I you know. think
1: I think if people do share stuff though and I think you know uh, certainly claire. My wife on her Claire's Allotment Facebook page, she has a big reach. I mean, she's been going a lot longer than we have. Mm. And she does get a lot of likes for a blog post and stuff because she has that community. Uh, whereas on Twitter, I don't think she has any of that right dynamic at all. I so again, it's, it's, it's yeah, horses for courses. It is. You know? If you
0: start a Facebook page today... I think it's a lot harder to get going and get traction than it was, say, yeah. starting a Facebook page, say, three or four years ago. So you have true, to kind yeah. of get to a tipping point and then Facebook can, like you say, you know, he you gets algorithm of sharing and liking and then it all starts to go on itself. But for some people, they might be listening to us thinking, what are they talking about? I, mean, I have absolutely no idea. It might be scaring them off. But it is, it's a case about, it is about dipping your toe in the water though, isn't it, Mark? It's not about trying to do everything from day one.
1: No, choose, like you said, choose your weapons. Find out where your readership is you know find out where they live mm. and and set up camp outside <laughs> knock on their door and knock and say, on their door hello my name's mark would you buy my book for 99 Fa- phone them and- at two in the morning uh, send them direct messages on twitter do whatever it needs sit on their doorstep that
0: would be good that would be make a lot of good that would make a good local news story though and you might sell a few copies off the back of that stalker <laughs> i'll give it a try <laughs> i guess you get your writing time in prison though wouldn't you if You could like, get a special dispensation for the life you
1: know i ha- I have said that as a joke occasionally. I have said that to Claire I said you know it well, I be I, what minor crime could I do that would get me six <laughs> months away because i could i, could, do you I know, could finish this book I could finish oh, that screenplay do you
0: know what mark oh. i i honestly this this it's incredible you say that because when I lived in England I used to volunteer at a homeless shelter and Monday mornings was my morning when I'd cook breakfast and burn everyone's bacon for them and <laughs> I was a chap there I got to know, and he'd get come and get his bacon sarnie every Every Monday, and uh, and then he disappeared for six months, and they uh, popped back in the spring. And I said, "Oh, I can't remember his name now, John or something." I said, "John, um, where have you been?" He said, "Oh, I said I've just had a nice stretch of six months in prison." And I'm like, "What?" And he said, "Yeah." He said he actually went into a store and stole something in broad daylight so that he'd get nicked, and he knew it'd give him a certain amount of time that he needed, so he had the warmth over the winter to be in jail. And then when spring came, so like you joke about it, but then someone actually that's, did that. Uh, I just, well, gosh, there you go. There's a story for someone to go and that's run a, with. That's
1: a sad indictment of our society. Well, it
0: is. It, you know. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I've actually done, I've done talks in prisons before in front of people who, um, I didn't realize at the time, but it was very high security. They took me through about four double <laughs> locked doors. It's just as well. they didn't tell me at the time. Um, but yeah, I did, um, I did like an inspirational, motivational talk in front of mass murderers.
1: Much like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but, Federica does that. You know, Federica Leonardis. Uh, yeah. She's she's done, some, she's done some prison work. In fact, she's used The Vault of Gold to inspire some of these people to write. So oh, we so gave cool. uh, PDF copies of uh, our free ebook, The Vault of Gold. Go to www.bestseller.com where if you sign up to our newsletter, you'll get... Best, what did Best I call it? Bestseller
0: experiment. Bestseller.com.
1: Yeah, whatever. We're <laughs> online. I don't know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Go to Google and type in bestseller experiment. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. We're usually in the top five. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, sign up to the newsletter. You'll get by return a link that will enable you to download uh, a PDF of the Vault of Gold or an EPUB, which you can use on any smartphone, any tablet device, whatever. And we've got writing advice in there from the likes of Joe Abercrombie, Joe Hill, uh, Joanne Harris, other people not called Joe, uh, Sarah Mm -hmm. Pimbra, uh, all sorts, John Connolly. And it's just a, a massive mine of uh, of 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 information and top tips. Ben Aronovich is on there now, Liz Fenick will be on there too. Uh it's now about sixty thousand words. Oh, dear. it's Twice it's as long as our novel at the I moment I know.
0: <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? But we do say this. If you're if you're thinking I'll get round to doing it, go to the website now and do it because as we keep saying and alluding to be free please, forever. It won't be free forever. <laughs> So, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this, you know, in the year 2050. Hopefully it's
1: available in all good bookshops. Well, very
0: possibly, very (laughs) possibly. Next to Stephen King's on writing, maybe, but hey, we can dream. But um, I I think it's a very exciting time for authors. I think, you know, on the one hand, we could look at this and think, oh my gosh, this marketing side of it is just enough to make anyone run a mile from even ever thinking of publishing a book. But there's another way of looking at it, and that is that. There is more opportunity than ever. I think we are blessed to have the most incredible um, opportunity as authors, more so than in any other period in history. So, you know, glass half full or glass half empty. Um, You know, I'm just grateful we've got a glass. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to dive in actually to a motivational minute, just very quickly, Mark, if I may, because one of the, okay, so the motivationalist minute this week is alluding back to what I said earlier about don't wait to start building your presence online your platform until you finished your book and the other thing that I really want to encourage people not to do is don't rely on family and friends (laughs) don't rely on family and friends because so many people think that they will write a they'll write a book and they will promote it you know to on their personal Facebook page and all of their wonderful friends will go out and be their advocates in the world and then they'll become a millionaire a bookselling author overnight because all of their friends have gone out and told the world it doesn't happen there will be some friends who'll be very supportive your family will be very supportive as well and some of them might not be so supportive but the point is is that you can't rely on that group to kickstart your career for you you've got to go out and find those independent people and it's when those independent people come along who you don't even know and you've never heard of and they just show up and say I loved your book or they put a review on Amazon for you that's when you realise that there there are people out there beyond your initial support group. So don't rely on family and friends. It, it it can lead to tears and it can lead to disappointment. Definitely promote your book to family and friends, but don't expect them to do all the hard work for you.
1: So friends, family, these are the things that are holding you back. You're advising us to ditch friends and family. Was that, the
0: not, at I got that? <laughs> not at all? I got that. Not at all. But don't expect, don't expect that friends or family will do all the hard work of promoting your book for you. You know, that, as a musician, they all show up to your first gig and you you yeah. sold out and then your second gig, you're like, oh, we were sold out last time. And then there's six people because everyone's done their bit. They've come along. They've supported you, even if they didn't really want to listen to the music. They, they show up because they want to support you, but they won't be there to help potentially um, you know, show up to every single gig that you do or in the case no. of every book you write, right?
1: I, I can tell you there is no greater feeling in the world when a complete stranger, either in person or online, says, I read your book, I saw your film, I really loved it, it was terrific, thank you. It's, it's, it gives you wings, man. It's uh, it is amazing. It is it's just what it's amazing. all
0: about, though, isn't it, Mark? Really? Well, I, isn't it all about I, I mean, I mean, it's to get those the, emails? I mean,
1: get that ego boost, maybe. But <laughs> uh, it is a big dopamine hit, and you should be wary of getting addicted to it. But it is it does kind of make all the late nights. You know, we we heard Shannon talking about you know writing and nights and writing when her kids were asleep and you know whenever Christmas. she has time. She said Christmas.
0: Christmas. It made me think of our our friends, our mutual friend Mark Stockhausen in the pub trade. I always remember. You know, we would ask Definitely Mark that, yeah. ask Mark what he was doing at, on Christmas Day and he says, well, I'm down the pub serving Christmas dinner. And it, it, it's almost like, oh my gosh, is that what we're letting ourselves in for? But yeah, even Christmas Day, Shannon even said that I think she was doing some edits when she was in the maternity ward waiting <laughs> for her son to be born. Seriously, that is one seriously committed author and all speaking
1: sp- speaking of shannon as well as well as the competition uh you should know because when we interviewed shannon back in november she was talking about this this trilogy just kicking off well volume three of uh the venom trilogy is uh is out on 7th of march hisses and honey so before when we recorded this volume one wasn't even out Uh, Volume one, Venom and Vanilla is now out, has 93 reviews on Amazon in the UK. Uh, Volume two is out, uh, Fangs and Fennel. And now volume three, Hisses and Honey is out. She's written, well, published an entire trilogy in the time we've been fanning about doing this. (laughs) I know. And the rest. I
0: mean, that's just what she's got out there with Amazon. I, I I think it's incredible. It's inspirational to all of us to see that, you know, it is possible to do that. I mean, Shannon is incredible, but she's not superhuman. She still has 24 hours in the day, even though she denies not being cloned when you asked her. But Hmm. I do think, you know, but I think what she said was interesting. She said, I run a small publishing house. You know, she's not an author. I mean, she is an author, but she also thinks of herself as a small publishing house. And I think that kind of mental shift is a really interesting way, an interesting perspective of thinking about what you're doing.
1: You're a one author publisher. That's, that's exactly how you should that's think of yourself. Exactly not an I, author or one author publisher.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, that that makes it a lot more, uh, when you think of yourself as a publisher, that gives you that gives you wings as well. It's like, okay, this isn't just about me on my own with my name trying to trying to push a book. So think about the words that you're using and describing yourself to other people. When people say, what are you? You could say, well, I'm an author, self-published author, an indie author. You could say, I'm a publisher. And they'll go, oh, really? And you say, yeah. I'm promoting my one book I've written. <laughs> yeah, why
1: not? Why not? That well,
0: that's what I used to do. When I, set up my, when I started writing music, I set up a record label because it was far easier for me to approach festivals as a record label than it was yes. as a diner bedroom making music. Yeah. And there is something about it's not just a psychology for you thinking about like, you know, wearing a shirt to your office when you work from home and you, you know, you're thinking to yourself as like serious, you know, a serious business person, say. It's also about the perception you give to people you're communicating with. And that's the bit where the outside world comes in. And I think that can be a huge boon in terms of giving a good perception that you are a professional author in this industry. You're not just playing around. So think about the words that you're using. Definitely something to to be very aware of
1: okay i think we should probably think about wrapping this up i we did have a question a week from david hogman and we don't have time for it uh i think we'll do it in another episode but he sent us a very very entertaining letter and he and this kind of ties in what we're talking about he's talking about the things that he's learned uh during uh listening to he's one of these guys who's been binge listening to the show Mm. and he's got five things that he's learned okay so number one Get the fucking thing finished. It says, it doesn't matter if they're not best words ever to touch paper. Just get the story done. It's not set in stone. You can go back and edit. Two, find someone who's not your mother. See, that's there my mother, go. not yours, to edit the thing and give an honest opinion. Three, self-publishing are not dirty words. Four, now I feel very passionate, passionately about this one. Four, don't show Ben Aronovich any kind of plan. <laughs> okay. It's a top, top tip. Yeah. And five, if you finish, do lots of marketing and have a good web presence there. I mean, we've spent probably about part of an hour uh, fanning about on this, yeah, but David has summarized the whole thing in five very succinct points. So Dude. thank you, David. We'll get around to your question in a few weeks' time. Excellent.
0: And keep the questions coming. You can find us on Twitter, BestsellerXP. You can find us on Facebook at Bestseller Experiment. We're on interest, interest in Instagram and Pinterest. Or Interest is the merging of the two sites
1: instagram
0: <laughs> Insta- in- interest um you can we find us on we do record there well. these
1: late at night let's just make this clear yeah yeah we do well, rec- I, it's, it's well it's late at night on my end anyway <laughs> yeah i've got no
0: excuses it's middle of day for me in canada but uh, this is no but this is this is us what you're going to enjoy over the next few months folks just to give you a bit of a previous so mark and i slowly <laughs> just just rotting into existence as as our brains turn to mush oh. so enjoy the enjoy the car crash it's going to be fun i'm certainly looking forward to it um And also, don't forget to come to the website if you'd like to have a shot at winning Shannon's special uh, pack of goodies that she's put together. And remember, when you enter the competition, when you share the competition with others, you get more entries, so more chances to
1: win. And on iTunes, subscribe, rate and review. (laughs) This is the two marks completely (laughs) losing the plot.
0: Actually, that's the new tagline for our podcast, I think. The two marks losing the plot it's been great being with you thank you so much for everyone's encouragement we're loving having you along with this journey keep it up keep writing keep doing the right thing and it's a goodbye from mark one and it's goodbye from mark
1: two goodbye goodbye Subscribe, written review, cha 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 subscribe, rate and review, ha 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 subscribe, written review, review, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, Um, pa chum pa chum bam You can fade me out there. To read Back to Reality, the best-selling novel of The Bestseller Experiment by The Two Marks, go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash back to reality.
0: And subscribe to this podcast to get loads of extra
2: bonuses. Go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash subscribe.